Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. I'm amazed at what God is doing at Access. I'm amazed at what God is doing in the ministry. I'm amazed at having to pull some more chairs out because this thing is just about to explode. Like you don't have an idea. We were at a conference recently and this individual told me, he said, I hear Axis is supposed to be the next elevation. And I was like, okay. I think Axis is just Axis. We're just a group of people that are a family that love each other, care for each other, inspire each other. Group of, we're a group of individuals that our pastor has gathered as a team where he's our lead pastor, but to him it's a team. Everybody gets a chance at bat. In his team, everybody gets a, t- a chance at bat. And I was just telling my wife as I was listening, how about that worship this morning? I'm not kidding. Each individual voice. Wow. We're blessed. Then you go to Del Rio and it's a whole totally almost different crew over there. And I'm like, Pastor Brian, we're blessed, man. We're blessed. You know how many churches just wish just to have... Just two individuals singing the way we have all our individuals singing. So somebody say, Lord, thank you. We're blessed. We're blessed. And so as I look at all that, one of the things we need to identify is it's very important to, we, to identify that Axis Church, no matter what campus it is, is not just called just to be another church. If it was just another church, then it would be easy to say, well, we're just another church. It's just another gathering. But it's not just another gathering. There's a purpose. And today I want to talk to you about that. And I want to share a story. And before we do that, let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 6 through 11. I had fun this uh, this Thursday uh, we got to be here and we had fun in the word. And, uh, and the more I hear about the word, the more I get into the word, the more I discover things. And as I was, list, as I was reading this story, uh, each time I get into a story, I always discover something new and something fresh in the word of God. So let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 6 through 11. I am going to read out of the Amplified Bible. If your uh, version is a little different, it's okay. I'm going to read out of the Amplified Bible. And it occurred on another Sabbath that when he went into the synagogue and taught, a man was present whose right hand was withered. I need you to repeat with me, right hand. If I make you repeat things, it's because there are key words that I want you to remember. Right hand. And so there was a man there with a right hand that was withered. That means that that hand was not functional anymore. And the scribes and the Pharisees, how many of you know what scribes and Pharisees are? Those were the religious leaders of the time of Jesus. The the scribes and the Pharisees kept watching Jesus to see whether he would actually heal on the Sabbath. Now, 
uh, let me explain a little bit to you. Uh, back at that time in their culture, uh, Sabbath was supposed to be a time where you came to the synagogue and you did not work. You did not do anything. You just sat and listened to teaching. And that was it. Uh, men and women couldn't sit together. Men would sit uh, on one side of the synagogue. Women would sit on another side in the, of the synagogue. They had a lot of wisdom at the time to put the women on the... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but they would sit the women on one side and men on the other. And, and, and things eventually changed. Jesus came and changed them. But uh, they were there, and so they were, they were watching to see if Jesus were here on the Sabbath in order that they might get some ground for accusation against them. Verse 8, but he was aware of all along of their thoughts. And he said to the man with the withered hand, come and stand here in the midst. And he arose and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful and right on the Sabbath to do good all so that someone derives advantage from it or to do evil, to save a life, to make or to destroy it? Then he glanced around at them and said to the man, stretch out your hand. Say this with me, stretch out your hand. And he did so and his hand was fully restored, say the word fully restored with me, like the other one. But they were filled with lack of understanding and senseless rage and disgust, consulted with one another what they might do to Jesus. There's another version that says they were discussing with one another to see how they could kill Jesus. And so today, I want to talk to you about identity, uh, uh, this man being identified. At that time, uh, let me tell you this. It's very interesting that you find this man in this synagogue, in this place, because at the time, if you had anything wrong with you that was corrupted in your body, you would not be allowed in a synagogue. So that alone was very strange. But Jesus had so many encounters with people to teach us important lessons. Today, this is one of those lessons. Today, this is one of those stories. And uh, this is very powerful because today we're going to look not only at this individual and what happened with him, but I also want us to see a picture of the church nowadays. And I also want us to see a picture of ourselves. And so Jesus goes into this meeting and starts ministering or starts reading the word and teaching the word. And then he notices this message man. But sometimes we find people like this man that have been sitting in the congregation for years with a withered hand. And I'm not talking about a physical hand. I'm talking about something in your life that has been withered. And so today I want to talk to you about that. And so this message speaks of why people with needs or with special situations in the church sometimes have been overseen because that's what religion has done until the king shows up. Come on, say, when the king shows up, miracles happen. So Jesus went into the temple as he normally does. He went because it was his time to teach. It was his next in line to teach, and he was going to teach the word. He was going to preach the word, and he lined up, and he obeyed the law, And because it's important. We need to understand that there's still a law. There's still a guideline we need to obey, but Jesus, within that obedience of the law, also came against the spirit of tradition and religion. I, I, I really love the songs we just sang. 
because it started creating a foundation to what I was about to talk today. So Jesus goes into the temple and he goes in there. And when he goes in there, he starts looking at everybody as he's teaching the word. And when he starts looking at everybody as he's teaching the word, he started noticing, see, here's, here's what the kingdom of God does sometimes. The kingdom of God comes and starts going and starts looking around as he goes in. Tradition and religion, all they do is they do the same thing over and over and over again. There's a word in German called Cirque is where, Cirque is where the word circle comes from, but it's also where the word circus comes from. And if you notice, the word circle means going and doing the same thing over and over and over again. And so the word circus comes from that word. So if, what I'm trying to say is that sometimes or at some point, the church became a circus. Full of a whole bunch of clowns and performers. Let's see how good, how pretty we can perform. How good it's going to sound. And we start performing rather than worshiping. And God is not looking for a performance. He's looking for an atmosphere of worship that captures the attention of those who have been sitting in the synagogue or in the temple or in the church for years with a withered hand. Because here's this man that goes in there. Let's focus on this man for a little bit. He's been sitting in there with a withered hand. But guess what? Religion never, religion never caught the need. You come in and it's the same thing over and over. And it's not our job as, pat as pastors to only catch the need. The Bible says that God has given us different gifts through the Holy Spirit. How many of you are filled with the Holy Spirit? Let me tell you something, the day you, the day you had an encounter with Jesus, the day you became a born again individual by coming into Jesus, by, by, by you submitting yourself to the Lordship and the government of the King of Jesus Christ, then he filled you with his spirit. And the day you were filled with the spirit is the day he gave you all these gifts like discernment. Come on, somebody say discernment. He gave you the ability to see what natural and individuals can't see and so when the kingdom comes and starts teaching this is what Jesus did he saw this man so I want to tell you this back to uh, uh, back to what pastor was saying about the word every time Jesus taught he first taught the word and then he did the miracles because the word of God says this and I've said this before and I'll say it again let me repeat it for those who haven't heard it faith comes by hearing but your hearing comes by the word, not through the word, but by the word. And in other words, let me rephrase that. Faith comes by hearing, but your hearing depends on how much knowledge of the word you have, not how much you hear it. Faith doesn't come by hearing the word. Faith comes by knowing the word. Faith comes by, or hearing doesn't come. The faith, faith comes by hearing. Hearing doesn't come by listening to the word. Hearing comes by the knowing of the word. Let me rephrase that. The more you know the word, the better you are at hearing. Did you get that? In other words, your hearing changes. Now you start hearing what others can't hear. Hmm. If you hear, oh, gas prices are going up. What does your ear hear now? Come on. 
It's an opportunity for a blessing. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is still my provider no matter what. Your hearing changes. Come on. When they come and tell you there is no way out, you go. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Come on. When they tell you it can't be done, what you hear is you hear, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Are you listening to me? God changes my hearing based on the word. So then my faith grows. And so here comes Jesus and he's teaching. Come on, say teaching. Come on, say teaching. Changes me. The Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Tradition wants to keep you seated. Wants tradition and religion wants to keep you in a place with a withered hand. Because as long as you have a withered hand, then they have, then religion and tradition has control of you and can say, you know what? We're letting you sit in here, although you have a withered hand, because at the time, again, he let them sit, he let them sat. I didn't say that in Del Rio. <laughs> what tradition does is tradition lets you sit there with a withered hand because they can control you and manipulate you as long as you have that withered hand. And again, that's a metaphor for anything that's going on in your life. They can control you. Oh, well, you have this sin, or you have that, or you have this other situation, or you you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't minister here, you can't minister there, you're not good enough. But you know what? When the king shows up, the king don't care what you're going through. As a matter of fact, let me tell you something. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Sometimes I was talking this uh, when I got there. Sometimes my wife and I have gotten it. We, we talked about this. It's no, not fighting. We get into discussions. We don't call it fighting anymore. Saman discusiones. You know, we tell our children, we're not fighting. We're discussing. You should have laughed already. Anybody raise their hand and praise the Lord for that? Yeah, todos levantando la mano. Pastor, they're all <laughs> not even married. <laughs> you should have laughed. <laughs> but right after a discussion with my wife, we get a call from a couple. Hey, we need help. Can you minister to us? So there we are, and you could say, well, how can you minister to a couple if you're just going through stuff? Because when we made ourselves available, even though we had a withered hand, when we made ourselves available and we stretched out our hand to help this couple, then the Lord took our situation and the advice we gave the couple ended up helping us. When you're sick, go pray for somebody that's sick and you'll get healed. Come on. When you don't have money or when you, don't ha when you have a financial need, then go bless somebody because in the process you'll get blessed. Are you listening to me? So Jesus shows up. And when he shows up, he starts and he looks at the crowd. Imagine how many years this man with a withered hand sat there. How many years have you sat in a congregation with a withered hand? Let me talk to you about a withered hand because what, remember I told you to repeat this after me? What hand was withered? His right hand. In, in Bible times, in the time of tradition in the Bible, the right hand was very important. 
Because the right hand is the hand you shook hands with and it was the one you made a covenant with. The right hand is where you wore your ring and your ring had an identity in it. It had a, a symbol on it. If you were a king, then they would put a letter and they would put wax and then you would seal it. If you, had, if you were a family, a lord of a family, come on, say lord. Because he's the king of kings and lord of lords. So if you were the lord of the family, you would have a ring. Why do you think that when the prodigal son came back, one of the very first things the father did is he put a ring. In other words, I'm returning your identity and I'm returning your seal back to you so you can start putting an identity on things again of our family. Oof. We have a seal here at Axis. What is it? A telephone keypad. <laughs> That's a logo. It's, our, it's a seal. It identifies us. Are you understanding? What does it identify? What's our church called? Axis Church. It gives an identification. Yes or no? The Bible says that you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. You have a seal that identifies you as a kingdom citizen, as a kingdom member with the authority of the king. That everywhere you go, but you need to have it on the right hand. But if your right hand is withered, then you couldn't stretch it out. You were disabled. Another thing that was happened with the right hand, I need I need. Let me see, I need a volunteer, a son, a young man. Whoever, come, come here. Hey, yeah, here comes pastor. Hey, come on, pastor. <laughs> here comes, come up here. Praise God. Now I have, I owe a gift card in, in Del Rio. Now I owe a gift card for coming up here and stuff like that. So, but I know how to take care of this man. I'll just give him a picture of a, of a cow and he'll be happy. Anyway. <laughs> That's all he talks about is cow, you know. That's why he likes the cowboys, right? Yes, okay. So here it is. So in the time of Jesus, a father would come and when the son was of age, say of age, he would come, you know, kind of like the quinceañera. And he would come and he would take the son and he would put his right hand over his shoulder. And then he would look at everybody in town and he would say, this is my son. What's your name again? RJ. RJ. This is RJ, and, and, and RJ represents me and represents this family. And whatever RJ has, does out there, it represents me. Whatever RJ, whatever you do for RJ, you do it for me. How you treat him is how you treat me. That's why it's very important. The way you treat each other is the way you're treating the father. So if you sin against your brother, you're sinning against God. Silence of the lambs. You understanding? This is my son. And so that's why it was very important. Another thing with the right hand is that with the right hand, as a child was growing up, the father would hold the son with the right hand and walk with him. But if it wasn't a legitimate son, then he would hold him with his left. Jesus was held with the left hand. And that's why they would make fun of him and say, you don't have a real dad. Blah, 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 blah. They would make fun of him and say, wow, your mom got pregnant by, so-called pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Imagine the mocking of Jesus as he's growing up. And that's why eventually Joseph was out of the picture because you don't hear Joseph being mentioned in the Bible anymore. Do you? So imagine the mocking. But one day, say one day. 
the father and this is why this is very important. I said it this morning. I'll say it again. This is why this is very important. When you get baptized, you're just not getting dunked in the water just to say I belong to a congregation or to a church or to a ministry or just to say it's part of the process or it's because it's traditional. When you're getting baptized, when Jesus got baptized, the word of God says that as he came up out of the water, that the heavens opened up, there was a portal and then suddenly it wasn't a dove, it wasn't a paloma or a pichon or anything like that. It says that it was like it was the it was doing the what the the rhythm of and it was it was encircling say encircling. That means that the fullness of God was coming upon Jesus. Amen. And then suddenly there was a lightning. Say lightning. lightning. What happens after lightning? Sound. sound. A lightning is warning you that a sound is about to come. And so after you see, it says there was like a lightning and suddenly there was a voice from heaven that said, this is my beloved son. And the word of God says, there's a, there's a version that says that it rested over his shoulder. Come on. The father embraced the son and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So when you get baptized, you're just not getting dunked. You're coming up and the father is saying, this is my beloved daughter. This is my beloved son in who I am well pleased. They don't need to do anything. They don't need to do miracles yet. Just the fact that they're my child, I want to show them off to everybody. Mm. How many of you get proud with your children? But you're proud only when they do something. Thank you. Love you. Give him a hand. So Jesus goes, Jesus goes into, Jesus noticed what religion didn't because Jesus understood what the right hand meant. He understood the power of sonship. He understood that that man sat there and for years he couldn't bless his children. The Bible says that you will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He understood that that man had was incapacitated. He had a need. He was incomplete. And that's what religion does. It keeps you incomplete. It doesn't satisfy. It doesn't fill. In the times of Jesus, the Pharisees, what would they do? They would kill an animal every year, but it wouldn't fulfill. It wouldn't cleanse the sin. But when Jesus showed up, come on, when the kingdom showed up, when the Lamb of God showed up, when the, when the Word, the living Word shows up, then the living word, you have an encounter with it. That's why it's very important as you're learning, you're having an encounter with the word because the Bible says that the word of God does not return void. Oh, Come on, say the word of God does not return void. It means that if God speaks, it'll come back with something. And here's the deal. From the beginning, God spoke to the trees. He said, you're going to grow and you're going to produce and you're going to get fruit. Until this day, they're doing that. You're going to be green. And there's till this day, you're doing that. He spoke to the fish and the fish are still fishing. He spoke to the birds and they're still flying. You get it? They're swimming. He 
He spoke to nature and nature is still obeying the spoken word of God from the beginning. He said, let there be light and there's still light. But us humans, and especially us religious humans, well, you, not me. <laughs> what religion does, religion limits you for what God has spoken about you. Because what religion and tradition does is it says if you don't fit the bill, if you don't look this way, then you can't do it. And what they does, like I told you from the beginning, it keeps you with a withered hand sitting there forever. But when the king shows up and he speaks the teaching, he speaks the word. Every time you're listening to the teaching, it's so that whatever's withered in your life, the word of God will bring it to light in you so that you can have a miracle in your life. And so suddenly, here's Jesus. You know, Jesus had many events in Luke 9, 11. He had many events. And one of the events is, it says there, but the crowds learned about it and followed Jesus. They had returned and with Jesus had gone on to Bethsaida. That, that says that the crowds, it says, but the crowds were aware of this and followed him and welcomed them. He began speaking to them about the kingdom of God and curing those who need of what? Healing. But what did he do first? He gave them the kingdom. How does the kingdom of God come? The kingdom of God comes through a teaching, through a word. And so every day, you're getting an opportunity to get into the word. Some of us wait till Sunday or Wednesday to get a word. Every day, you need to get into the word. Every day, you need to read the word. And you need to become the living word. Right now, as pastor was holding his baby... I, I spoke to the baby and I said, you are the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen in other individuals. In other words, faith is the substance. Faith is what something is made up of. And so suddenly I said, you're the substance. You're the evidence that others can say, hey, miracles can happen. God wants you to be the substance and the evidence that things can change all over the place. Say it with me. I and the substance. I am the things hoped for. I am the evidence say it, of what others wish they had. But what you need to do is transfer that to them. And so the synagogue many times was used not only to teach, but it was also, it was not only a synagogue to perform the, the rituals that they did, but it was also a place of meeting, of fellowship. It was a place where people came and they learned and families came and they ate together. It was a center that would bring people together. I think that's a picture of the church. That's what the church should be. It should be a family when we don't only gather to listen to the word, but we come together in fellowship. And every time we do that, come on, say every time we do that there's an opportunity for the word of God to be preached every time we fellowship you don't have to sit here and just and just listen to a teaching every time you gather is an opportunity for you to share with each other the miracles that happened that week for you to share with each other what you're going through so maybe the individual in front of you knows exactly what you're going through says I've had a withered hand before I've gone through what you've gone through let me show you how Jesus healed me from this Where's Alex? 
I wish I had Alex over there in Del Rio. He's probably in the restroom. No, he's, he's over there working outside. How many of you know who Alex is? How many of you know the miracle of Alex? How long was Alex in the hospital bed? Huh? Four to five months in a hospital with no hope. You can go up to that individual now. He had a withered hand. It was his life. You can go up to that individual now and ask him, can God do miracles? And he'll say, I'm one. Not only can he do miracles, I'm the miracle. I'm the evidence. I'm the substance. I'm what was spoken by God. I will give you life and that abundantly. Come on. This is what God wants when you come together. He wants, to, he wants you to discover withered hands. And so suddenly as I'm closing this up. I want you to know something. The teaching comes before the healing. You don't come here just to hear. You come here so that when you hear, then you heal. Come on, say it with me. If I hear, I heal. Because suddenly your identity changes. And Jesus said, you're not a man with a withered hand. I'm about to change your identity. You're not one who can't bless. You're not one who can't shake. You're not one who's not going to be able to hold your children with your right hand anymore. Come on, this is a metaphor. You might not have a withered, physical withered hand. But maybe there's something in your life that's withered. Maybe your marriage is getting withered. Maybe you're withered emotionally. Maybe you're withered financially. Maybe you're withered spiritually. And you might say, I come here and I worship, but it's like I don't feel it anymore. I don't know what happened, that first love. Maybe your relationship with your children is withered. I don't know what's withered in your life. But all I know is that there's a whole bunch of religious people waiting to see what God is going to do so they can tell you that it can't be done. They're waiting to see if Jesus is going to heal you in the middle of tradition. But somebody say with me, this church is not tradition, is not religion. This is a kingdom of God church. This is a kingdom of God church with a government of God that comes and changes everything. Jesus came and changed the system. He says your system doesn't work. People with withered hands sit in your system and it doesn't work. Your tradition doesn't work. 
You can speak tongues all you want and you can shout all you want and you can run all you want and you can cry all you want and you can get as an emotional as you can. And I'm not saying not to do those things. I'm just saying that's not the way people get healed. People get healed when their identity changes, when they hear a truth and it changes their life forever. This church is hearing truth every Sunday and every every Thursday now that's going to change their lives forever. They're hearing a word with a new language that says you are a child of God. You are victorious. You are the best God's got for this time. Say it with me. I am the walking, living word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Say it again with me. Faith comes by hearing. But your hearing comes by what? The word of God. And if you're the word of God, when people hear who you are and what God is doing with you, they will believe. Oh, come on. They will have faith. They will have faith. Let's finish this. If we follow the example of Jesus, of walking welcoming everybody into the family of Christ. If we follow that example and they come, guess what's gonna happen? They're gonna hear the word. Their identity is gonna change. And then this happens. Please stand up with me. Jesus told the individual, stand up. I want you to close your eyes right now and just think what's my withered hand what's my withered hand what do I have withered in my life right now is my marriage withered come on think about it am I a student and I can't make it I can't pass a test is my mind withered has stress withered me Search. Is my faith withered that I can't extend it anymore? Because God, through the word, is about to tell you right now. When he saw the man, he says that Jesus looked at everybody and then looked at the man and then said to him, Stand up right here in the midst of everybody. And he said, Stretch out your hand. I want you to symbolically do this with me. I want you to stretch out your right hand to him. Because what you're doing in the spirit realm is that symbolically you're showing the enemy, I don't have a withered hand. I can stretch out my hand. Jesus just said to stretch out my hand. So whatever was withered in your life, right now in Jesus' mighty name prophetically, I call it to come to life. I call the spirit of resurrection to whatever's dead and withered in your life. You don't have a disability. You have an ability because God said, with God, all things are possible. And what you couldn't do before, now you can do. You are able to do it. Come on, say, I am not disabled. I am abled. So Father, right now in Jesus' name, heavy withered hand that is being stretched out of every area of everybody's life right now in Jesus' mighty name. 
As I count to three, I pray, Father, that you bring life to that person right now. One, two, three. Now, life in each one of them. Life in each one of them. Life in it. Come on, visualize it. Come on, visualize it. Visualize it. Visualize your bank account getting filled. Visualize your marriage getting restored. Visualize your whatever situation was in your life. Visualize you coming back to health. Visualize you you're getting spiritually strong. Visualize your withered faith getting stronger right now in Jesus' name. Visualize it. Visualize yourself graduating from school. Visualize your business getting restored right now. Your withered business is restored right now in Jesus' mighty name. Visualize your spiritual withered life from getting hurt in another church or in another ministry. Visualize your hand being extended right now. Come on. I'm healed, Lord. I've been, the kingdom of God has found me and has healed me today. In Jesus' mighty name. And the people of God say, Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.